Tíðir glófnir! Skegur! Skalmur! Skilnir glófnir! Skegur! Skalmur! Skilnir glófnir! Skegur! With the ambient noise of birds, we return. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Skull, episode four. Ish. We're back. We're back. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll stay back. That's the plan. Anyway, uh, much like the Viking raids, our episodes are sporadic and unexpected. <laughs> exactly. You never see us coming. It's fantastic. I am again joined with my friend. Was there someone else here? You. Oh, me. You, sir. Fair enough. Nathan Cunningham. And, oh, I didn't say my name, did I? No, no, you didn't. You probably shouldn't. Well, maybe you should. Mm, I'm going to do it. Luke Hunsaker. And we have our new third member of our triumvirate. Does that work for a Viking? I think we need to come up with a good name. We'll use it for now. Okay. And then it's, we'll fix it later. Okay. <laughs> In the post that I won't do. I was just thinking the next episode after we've looked it up. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Melina Chavez. And we're here to talk about the Vikings. This is... Um, so our first episode, we talked about the longships. Second episode, we talked about the raids in Lindisfarne. And third episode was Viking weapons, I believe. So I felt like the next obvious choice to jump from weapons was to food. The next most important thing. So. Food and drink. Food and drink of the Viking Age. Drink. Um, Which so, we're trying to drink, but we'll get so, there. So I feel like we've uh, um, kind of gotten a, a, a misconception about Viking food over the years. Where, like, most people see, you know, Earth, the first image that pops in their head of a, a Viking uh, eating food is, like, a giant leg of meat and a horn of ale. And they, they got the drinking horn right, and they did eat some meat, but not in the proportions that you'd see on the show, like Vikings, where they're constantly shoving birds and pork Ooh. in their mouth. Right. I mean, the problem with eating all that meat is, one, it takes a lot of effort to actually get it. Mm. You either have to hunt it or feed it and take care of it when you could be doing something like hunting people or planting turnips. (laughs) (laughs) Or rhubarb, right? Oh, rhubarb. So, but one thing is that they didn't really worry about the the fat content of their food. Um, I think that's a fairly modern problem. That's a uh, very modern problem, they They needed all of that energy. Especially since they were from Scandinavia, and it tends to get cold in Scandinavia, so they need to load up, much like a bear, load up on all that to keep yourself warm and your energy high to keep you going. Um, Yeah, so they ate a lot. One of the things that we, was kind of obvious, is they they ate fish. Why is that obvious, Luke? (laughs) Because they're fishermen's and Ah. boatmen's. Well, they all lived on the coast. That'd be the easiest. Yeah. yeah. And 
and it's like again when you see those Viking feasts, they're eating <laughs> like legs of cows that you don't see. Where did they get these cows to eat? Like sheep, yeah, goats, yeah, yeah. get that. But cows. like and pigs probably, but it's like where's where's the where's the uh, you know field of cattle? Where's where's enough grazing room on the coast of Norway to sustain a village? You're saying fjords aren't a good place for pastures? No, but like those goats that kind of jump up the, the sides of the walls would be pretty cool. That would. That's true. Hard to run after, though. Yeah. Like throw a spear at it. Yeah, that'll and just, then just right wait back for down it to you. fall. And then fish Easy it out. Hunting. <laughs> um, See, it's already fish. <laughs> and it's now seafood. Yeah. Um, so they did eat, um, you know, meat, fish, vegetables, cereal, milk products. Um, but they also had, uh, like sweet foods in the forms of berries, fruit, honey. Um, in England, they were, they were described as gluttonous and they ate and drank too much according to the English. Well, the English have always been kind of snobby about have, that. Have, have you had English food? Sawdust? There's not, there's not a lot of taste to it. So they probably ate just enough to get by. No, I was reading something the other day on the internet, it was basically, you know, the English spent most of their years in power, like pillaging the world, world for spices and then deciding they didn't want any of them. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't want that. It's, it's, it's true. Too spicy. The most they got was tea. And then they think that it's theirs. And curry. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, like, to, like, so today our food culture is really influenced by like gl- globalization of products from all over the world. Um, but like during the Viking period, the housekeeping, uh, needed to be planned obviously for the different seasons. Um, so, and typically the Vikings were self-sufficient, uh, like a farmer with domestic animals and crops in the field. Um, they were also, uh, there were people who were not able to produce their own food, were able to buy it as well. Like, like the skilled tradesmen who yeah, weren't like, farmers, yes. like the blacksmiths and the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't only, you know. They just ate what they grew. They, there was obviously <coughs> trade that they did. Um, Nathan, tell me about the, about the gardens and the crops. Well, they're gardens and crops. A lot of them were basically uh, barley and grains that grew because those are really uh, grains that suited well in northern climates. It's cold. They're hardy. It'll work. And they use that like a lot of you know, older cultures mm-hmm. to do everything. They'll make their beer, their bread, throw it in stews, throw it in porridge. Uh, they used barley in their beer for the most part, hops, of course, and they also made flatbread, which is about as simple. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Viking pitas. Yeah, I mean, one kind of flatbread's the same as the other. It's mm. the most simple way you could make bread. It's flour, it's water. Mix the two and put it on a hot rock. Mm. Come back later and, oh, look, you have bread <laughs> of a type. Yeah, so they'd use oats and barley for that and just flatten out on a griddle and bake it up. Mm. And they also had a wide variety of vegetables that we found, uh, like cabbage, onions, garlic, leeks, turnip, leeks, turnips. You know, peas, I've never had a leek before. Really? Never. Okay. Huh. It's something that every time I'm looking into like, you know, traditional Scandinavian food to cook, I mm-hmm. always see leeks, and I'm like, I don't know what that is or where to get it. Well, the Vikings were very good with leeks, but with all their boats. Mm. Should we try a Viking cooking show? Yes, we should try. A Viking we should try a Viking show. cooking show. Um, yes. <laughs> tenderize the meat with a battle hammer. Oh my gosh, yes. 
everything is measured out of horns. Seriously, let's get someone to send in like a recipe that they want us to do, and we'll go yes. from there. Find different ones. I'm all what kind. about this. Let's do it. If I can in a future show. episode, we will do a live podcast. This would be perfect. Of cooking. We'll, uh, we'll live stream it on the Facebook page or something. Oh or something. Gosh. Or something. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll need someone with a larger kitchen than mine. Mine <laughs> um, is comedically small. Anyway, uh, that being said, uh, just like a lot of things, they sowed these early in spring, harvested them in summer and fall. And then they all... Nice thing about a lot of those is they keep very well. Mm-hmm. So you could stick them in your cellar or whatever, hang them out, dry them, and they'd last throughout the winter. They also had some herbs like dill, parsley, mustard, horseradish, and a lot of thyme. Mm. Um, it's funny. I was actually uh, watching something the other day. It was a, that History of Europe documentary that we we're talking about off mic, um, where there's like a line through Europe that divides the wine-drinking countries and the beer drinking countries, <laughs> the tomato and the p- potato line. Yes, it, it runs. It runs like right. Starts say like northern Greece, mm-hmm. and it goes up. You know, and then it cuts like the line kind of goes through Germany and then off the coast, and obviously England, Ireland. Everything above that line is the beer countries, and then everything below Italy, France, <coughs> Greece. You know, okay. Spain. That's your that's your wine country, and mm-hmm. I was like, that is true and i have never never like put that together that's and it's fascinating and it makes so much sense when you start looking Mm -hmm. at the climates of the area because grapes need you know a lot of sun mild winters this that the other thing beer you need grain (laughs) that's yeah basically that's it grapes are too weak for the north they are and that's what it comes down to so any place you can have grapes you'll have wine any place you don't you you have vodka and beer yeah right um Melina, what's up? We were talking about the uh, cows and stuff before. So they did raise cows. They did. They did raise cows, but I mean, not as much as people think. Mm-hmm. So. They're very heavy. They didn't have the like Great Plains of the U.S. to have you know seven thousand. Know. So head the cows of that they did have, though, they used accordingly because depending on what they needed, if they needed milk or if they needed it to reproduce, that's mm-hmm. how they raise the cow so mm-hmm. if it was an older cow that was there for a long time it was a milking cow mm-hmm. otherwise it was just raised enough to have a calf and then it was sent to slaughter mm-hmm. so depending on how you needed yeah your your meat that's how it was raised what other what other meats did they partake in as far as meats go let's see um mostly they did let's see Cows, horse, oxen, goats, pigs, sheep, chicken, ducks. I mean, you name it. Fish, of course, they had. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how they used it, what they needed it for, really. I mean, some of them, think of sheep. You're not going to mm-hmm. really kill a lot of those. You need it for wool. For clothes. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> unless that, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, and as far as chicken and ducks, ducks, I mean, obviously, ate more than chickens. They produced the eggs mm-hmm. that they did use a lot of. Yes. So. so on that note, something that I think was just recently noted, uh, you know, a lot of people picture cats, you know, they start out in Egypt, they spread everywhere on ships to keep rat populations down. But I was just reading recently that there is a lot of evidence that the Vikings also raised cats for their fur. For their fur. For their fur. I did not know that. You'll take a Norwegian forest cat, and you know, they're big, fluffy, long-haired oh, critters. Oh, yeah, they are big. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll uh, skin the cat, and 
I'm sure they had many ways I to skin the cat. Well, because mm. I knew they used to gift um, wives a kitten when they would get married, mm-hmm. because that was part of the household. You know, you'd have right. a cat part of your household, but I never knew about the fur that they no, raised it's, up. No, it's something that was just very recently discovered. They found a bug boneyard full of cats that had been shown signs of being raised and slaughtered and skinned. So cat stew and hat. I don't know if they <laughs> ate the cats. There's not a whole lot of meat on cats. I mean, they're they're predators. Yeah, that's but true. That's but true. the fur. It would make a wonderful, you know, cloak. Yeah. Just it's, get enough together and there you have it. It's funny, uh, speaking in just pets and stuff, I was actually looking into and skinning a lot them? of the... Not so much the skinning, because... <laughs> okay, good. I was wondering where you were the, going with the this. the dogs. Uh, like, a lot of the dogs that they had there, like the Norwegian elk hounds and the lap hounds and the reindeer dog and stuff. And as I was lap looking, hounds being much bigger than you would think. Yes. They do not fit in your lap. Yes. <laughs> Misleading. Um, but, um, like, just going through looking at all those, I was like, I kind of want all of those dogs right now because they're extra fluffy <laughs> it's very cold toes. up there it is it is they develop the fluff to there's keep one warm. that's like a i can't remember the name <gasps> of it but it's very corgi-esque like imagine a corgi <gasps> with like, yes with yes. a curly fluff tail we'll let you do it. that's what it was i was like i need that the most they are amazing <laughs> they're one of like the two dogs i would actually ever own <laughs> um yeah. So yeah, so I guess, you know, they Vikings lived a lot on the coast too, so they ate like you were saying, the fish. Um, fish yeah. It was a good like probably twenty five percent of their diet. Um and then going back to the uh the cows and just dairy, um, they did a lot you know, make a lot of cheese and butter and curd and yogurt type stuff. So they obviously which again needed people the, don't see because you have the aesthetic of the Viking, which is just the meat, meat. and the mead. Yeah. They yeah, didn't realize more- like they were a civilization, a culture like everyone else. They had all these extra things, too. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't survive on raids alone. Yeah. You've got to do something else. You need yeah, butter for in your the flatbread. I really do. You need <laughs> butter for your flatbread. How can you not do it? Everyone, they've cat? been buttering their flatbread since forever. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they used to, you know, they they drink milk and buttermilk and whey. Um, Have you had yet that... Um, that Norwegian cheese that I have not. It is so I've delicious. I've seen it, but I've not had that, it. It's like a sweet cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna bring some. Yes, I've had it, and it is amazing. It's delicious. Yes. Yep. And that's actually one of the types of cheese that they have made since back in the day. Yes. We should um, add that onto our cooking episode. Ooh, yes. We should. It's very soft, very um, delicious. With like the fruits and nuts, uh, they had apple orchards, uh, pears, cherries. Uh, wild berries were harvested in the summer. Uh, slowberries and lingonberries, strawberries, bilberries, uh, and cloudberries. Walnuts uh, were imported, you know, through their trade networks. And hazelnut grew wild. Um, and uh, you know, there was a nuts were like the tree. It was the candy. Nature's yeah. candy. Oh, wow, you went there. <laughs> All that stuff. Well, I mean, to think about it, a lot of it makes sense. You know, you get the nuts because well, you don't have the grapes, so you can't have raisins. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so they true. needed the nuts. <laughs> it's true. So what does that say about grape nuts? You got me there. Um, <laughs> fair. So. So, like I said earlier, their diet was very seasonal. Um, 
in the summer and in the fall, the Vikings ate well, as those were the plentiful seasons, uh, fresh food. <laughs> it was important to preserve and store food in the winter and in the spring uh, when fresh foods were gone. Uh, fish, fowl, meat, they were dried, salted, smoked. Uh, vegetables and fruits were dried and stored uh, for the winter. Uh, grains were ground into flour, making bread, uh, which was preserved and stored well. Um, even though they had fresh food, it was hard to come by in the uh, winter and spring. Ar- archaeological studies revealed that Vikings didn't suffer from vitamin or mineral deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So they knew exactly how much they needed to eat, when they needed to eat, and what they needed to save. Yeah, and one of the things I find really fascinating is if just how cultures are built by the landscape that they live in. Mm-hmm. They live on you know the coasts of Scandinavia, next to the water. They have to build boats to get around because they're in the middle of mountains, not a lot of farmland, which is why when they went out raiding and they found places like England or France or Ireland... That isn't entirely made up of mountains and narrow gorges. Mm-hmm. They thought, well, this is great. Let's stay here. <coughs> right? Like, look, we can actually dig into this ground. and We yeah. don't have to pummel it into submission <laughs> to give us food. This is a whole lot easier. Yeah. It's, it's, that's got to... Like, we, we spoke about it a little bit in our long ship episode that that's, that's a big reason why... It wasn't just, you know, we got to go get gold, we got to go raid. It was, you know, they had a population, and they were like, well, when we were raiding over here that one time, it was very nice, like, farming, so why don't we go back? Yeah. Like, well, there's not a lot here. Let's see what's elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, they also stole food, not just gold. <laughs> you got to eat something on the way back. Yeah. Um, who wants to talk about a, a typical Viking meal? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, we don't have a whole lot of information on what a typical meal was, because since it was so typical, you don't often write about that. And no one's like, no one's like, hold on, I had a Lunchable today. Right. Let me write this down for the annals of history. This must be known in 300 years <laughs> Instagram hence. Instagram wasn't there yet. Nope. No, yeah, the Vikings were not taking pictures of their mutton. True. But, you know, so every once in a while you do just kind of mention it in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a poem about Harbard and Thor, uh, where they talk a little bit about who what eats. So Thor was going out to persuade the ferryman Harbard, who in this case was Odin in disguise, as he usually was, to take him over a river. And he just says, ferry me over the sound, then I will feed you tomorrow. I have a basket on my back. Never was the food better. I ate in peace before I left home. Herrings and oatmeal. So I'm still full. Right? It's, it's not a whole lot. Nope. Herring, oatmeal, but it was filling and it was nutritious. Mm-hmm. And it shows also how generous they can be. It's like, hey, I've got food. Do this for me. I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be happy. Right. <coughs> and it's uh, just kind of tangent with Harvard. A tangent? No. Tangent. Um, it'd be funny if... Uh, <laughs> Because this he's not the first, you know, god of gods that tends to turn into other people and just wander around to mingle with the folk, so. Yeah, but some mingle more than others. Yes. A little and imagine, too much. Zeus. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, imagine if Harbard, we Harbard and Zeus run into each other at a pub. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then they try to seduce each other. They would. Zeus would. Mm-hmm. Zeus would. Zeus, no. 
Zeus, yes. <laughs> no. Um, so we kind of talked uh, about our cooking show. There's actually a, uh, a, a book out uh, called An Early Meal, a Viking Age Cookbook and Culinary Odyssey by Daniel Sarah. Culinary. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Hannah Turnberg. Um, and it introduces uh, readers to Viking Age food and cuisine from the early medieval Scandinavia. Uh, thoroughly based on archaeological finds, historical cooking methods, and current research. Uh, the book is really a must-read for anyone that's interested in Old Norse culture and food. Um, and they, uh, they also talk a lot about, in it, some of the misconceptions that we were talking about earlier of what, um, you know, the Viking diet was and their, their food. Do you, want, do you want to talk about some of the, the misconceptions? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? Yes, I do. So the meat, mead, mushrooms, and forest cloud were a popular imagination. A quite, it's more of like that picturesque, you know, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier. Like, oh, it's just the mutton and the wine. Like, that mm-hmm. was just the food. And that's the misconception there. That's the biggest one there. But meat would have been rather a festive food served with porridge and turnips. So it wasn't so much like that's what they did feast on when they had feasts, but it wasn't an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. As far as meat, it's also festive, mm-hmm. more commonly than not, because you didn't have it year round. Yeah. So am I too close? I um, so while we're... We kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, mead we've referred to a bunch in this episode, um, and we have a mead expert with us. You make a batch one time, and suddenly <laughs> no one will shut yes, up about it. Yes, you've made one more batch than, than the rest else. of us. That's still a very you low number of batches. I'm pretty sure, though, it turned mead out master Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm told it was the first one I had actually tried as well so i didn't really have anything to base it on but well, people who know I better mean, than i seem even if to you don't like have it. anything to base it on you still drink it yes and you liked it oh yeah then it worked yeah okay You're then right. there you go so, yeah. so, so t- tell us kind of like the process of of the mead making i mean it's pretty simple like mead is when you boil it down mead is basically a honey wine you add water you add honey you put some yeast in it you add a couple other flavors and bits and ignore it for six months to a couple years, mm-hmm. and then come back and say, "Oh yeah, I have this mead." So, what, what were some of like the like other? Was it just honey and? I mean, you could do it, but there's other bits you can put it in it. Like with mine, I had nutmeg, some orange, I think some cinnamon and cardamom. Hmm. Just threw it all in. Uh, some of the best ones I've had was a mint mead, mm-hmm. and it was the most light and refreshing beverage I have ever put in my mouth. And it was made by someone at a local brewing cub club hmm. in the area. And I think there's still one bottle left well. that I need to hunt down and take for my very own. Um, and uh, how we were talking about like festive stuff, um, we haven't really touched too much on some of the uh, desserts. Type stuff, which mm-hmm. now, if you look up any Scandinavian, Norwegian, uh, Swedish cookbook, most of it's cookies. 
Yeah. Like, the, it's <laughs> almost all cookies. Um, Again, that makes sense. There's not a whole lot of dairy. Berries don't last well, but you can take cookies. Mm-hmm. They'll last forever. That's true. Yeah, I, um, I've, ma- I've actually made a couple of uh, different Norwegian puddings. There's uh, the rum, rumgrot, which is like a, it's cinnamon. It's, it's basically like a, um, it's, it's, it's a pudding, but it's, I don't know, kind of like a flan too. Um, it's just basically milk, flour, sugar, salt, and cinnamon and sugar. Basically what they and have. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's really easy. And then they have, uh, float grot, which is basically the same thing with nutmeg and vanilla. And they're really easy to, it's heavy whipping cream and you just stir it up until, and then freeze it or refrigerate it. And it's, it's great. I put whipped cream on it, some butter in there. It's, it's really good. It's really easy to make. I make it around, uh, uh, Christmas, like in the winter. Mm -hmm. It just, cause it's, you can eat it cold or you can eat it warm. And I like to eat it warm. It's kind of also, it's like a pudding, but also kind of like a porridge, like, texture to it, I guess, gotcha. more than like a flan, where it's, it's still kind of got like chunks with it, but it's, it's really, really good. Hmm. And we if can, only you had made some for this episode. I know. A I little know. bit more planning. And- I know, a little bit more. Next time, when we do our cooking show. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's really about what we have for, uh, <coughs> for the foods. Yeah. Um, and the neat thing is, like, we're always discovering more things as people mm-hmm. investigate, and the tools we have are actually increasing what with technology. Because mm-hmm. before, you couldn't really, like, oh, yeah, that's a garbage pile. There's a muck. But now you can analyze the muck. You can figure out what was in it, what was in people's bellies, or really what's left of what was pe- what's in what's left mm-hmm. of people's bellies. And <coughs> go from there. And then So we're just learning more about how they ate, what they ate. And how to interpret that data. So we'll probably come back at a later point and touch on this again. Because mm-hmm. there's just so much that's yep. always coming to light. Yep. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to episode four. I uh, hope you liked it. If you have any comments or questions. Um, just, or just, corrections. Or corrections. Just let us know. Um, uh, we'll put the, our sources for this in our, uh, in our show notes. So if you wanted uh, to go check it out. there's a, I'll put in a link, too, for the... It's the I don't know if it's Rib or Ribe Viking Museum in Denmark has an entire page um, uh, with recipes that you can do, like easy recipes that you can do. And apparently they're the recipes that they serve at the museum. Oh. And they say, you know, throughout throughout the year, certain times of year. We should and make a field trip. Yes. We've, yes. It's already in the works. Mm-hmm. Yes money <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we can be true vikings and raid and make our way over yeah. i have a paddleboard we can all just pile onto that and, and we'll go over we to norway or denmark i've been it across the ocean us, it so. might just take us a little longer but right we'll take turns we'll figure we it out paddling. our beards will be to our knees well most even of our yours <laughs> oh my goodness i've been dying to grow out this beard too <laughs> um anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up Nope. 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 All right, guys. Uh, Skull? Skull. Skull. And we'll see you next time.